What's up, world? How we doing? How we living? Undeniable perception, episode 17. Brother from the same mother. What's Whoa, up, man? What's up, man? Happy belated birthday. You shot your birthday, what, on the first? Yeah, man. Three days ago. Hey, so what you do? I was, didn't you go to San Diego? Yeah, it was good. It was fun, man. Took, took the little man to the zoo. Got him to see uh, monkeys, tigers, and alligator. He was really fascinated by the alligator. Especially that one. Are they all sedated, though? Nah, they didn't look sedated. But it's weird how big alligators are, man. They're like, they're like 12 feet oh, long, shit, okay. bro. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, if you ever seen one on TV, they seem that big. Dude, like the... But the, I guess it's out in the flesh. Like I read, like the smallest alligator is five feet. The, the miniature one. Okay. That's crazy. Well, happy belated birthday, man. We'll get into it. It's, it seems weird Definitely. to have another body here without introducing him. Definitely. You know, we're very fortunate to have one of our close friends here, AJ. And uh, first guest, popping the cherry. AJ? What's up, we, AJ? How you doing, man? We ain't talking Backstreet Boys, AJ. <laughs> nah, What's guys, going on, guys? Uh, pleasure to be here, man. Yeah, just excited to converse with you guys today. Love so to have you, Yeah, thanks for le- allowing me to be the first guest, too. Oh, man, it's our pleasure, man. Yeah. Like, um, speaking of weekends and birthdays, we just celebrated with our one of our good boys, right, on Saturday also? Yeah, yeah that was a good time. We went out golfing. Uh, I'm completely terrible, but this guy was picking it up pretty quickly, man. Nice. I don't know if I was picking it up quickly. I think I was just having to remember how to play the game. <laughs> oh, you've done it in the past. I'm a business golfer for the most part. Oh, yeah. okay. So I have yeah. a set of clubs. Oh, well, I'm less I'm impressed the- now. <laughs> that's, where the, that's where the CEO promotions happen. That's why yeah. I got to learn how to play uh, He golf. has yeah. golf clubs. They have yeah. warmers? They have warmers? They do. Oh, man. Yes, this guy's a pro. Yes. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Left-handed? No, just regular. But they were from Costco. So shout out to Costco. <laughs> yeah, but Costco's got tiers, right? Or am I wrong? Are they tiers? Like, do they go with low end, middle end, high end? Or no, it's all just I'm probably Yeah, I'm sure they do. But I got the one that was on special that day. <laughs> well, we're still looking at a cool 400, I imagine, if it's a whole set, at the very minimum, right? There's about 300, I think, uh, back in the day. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, whole that's set. not bad. Ready you golf go. or not, though? You're a golf? Nah. I mini golf. That's cool. Scandia. Well, that's just because you're short. Well, I miss Scandia. I'm not <laughs> Average. One percentile. Right? Yeah, man. Well, man, one of the things that, uh, that gave me the idea, we already talked to AJ that we wanted him to be on here before, you know, because he's a big, you know, fitness freak, all this other stuff, shares a lot of the same diet as you do, but mm-hmm. more intense, right? Like more uh, more strict, right? Less, uh, you won't even eat fish. Uh, but before we get into all that stuff, um, I kind of want to talk about what you and I were discussing, AJ, on um, over the weekend. You know, I think we all, what we have here all in common is that we all have siblings, and we're all fortunate enough to be a younger sibling, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a younger sibling, AJ, you're a younger sibling, and of course, not that you are, my younger brother. Uh, so the things that we all share in common as well is that we're also first generation, uh, what plays a big role in this. You know, each of our parents, our set of parents, came from another country. Yours, where'd they come from, AJ? They came from the Philippines. Yeah, and full-blown Filipino. And how old were they when they came came to America? My dad finished up college, basically as an engineer. So, out there, you don't have to. You only have you don't have junior high. You're done with high school at 16, and then you go on to college. Oh, okay. And then you figure out. So elementary to high school. Elementary, yeah, through high school, yeah. Gotcha. Um, But he came over pretty young. Um, with like 47 bucks in his pocket, but just on a whim to work as an engineer uh, in, I can't remember what state it was, but it was somewhere back, okay. back east. Yeah. So he started there and on his journey basically to come to the States, because he was offered a job after he graduated, he, be, he was going to become an engineer. Okay. So he comes over to the States, and as he's flying into the States, his first stop as a layover is in California. Okay. And then his next destination is to where he's going to go ahead and interview or at least work at. Yeah. Right? So he ends up in California, and he already has relatives here okay. that can take care of him. 
So like one of his uncles, I believe, was able to take care of him here. So he, uh, he was able to crash with them and try to figure out, well, hey, do I go to where I need to go and then just be by myself, but I have work and I, I don't know who to connect with? Right. Or do I stay here where I'm connected with family, they can take care of me, and maybe I can find a job here in California. And it's probably like a beautiful weather day also. I can, only, like, I can only imagine. It's a Kim right? Elijah one. Because <laughs> I'm sure wherever he was going, there's going to be a lot of snow. Right. You know? Yeah. So how long was the layover here? that became the permanent stay? I can't remember, to be honest. But he never know. flew out there. Never flew out there. Man, smart man. So he stayed in California. Those decisions you make, right? <laughs> those decisions. And the reason why I bring up our parents and I wanted to have a little bit of background to see some similarities is sure. we were discussing on Saturday how sometimes we all those conversations left unsaid, right? Among our direct you know, our father or other siblings, right? Either because there's they're guarded or there's you know, whatever it is in the background, in their past, that may have triggered them that way. But we, we have that a lot in common. And we were talking about also with our siblings, right? Like my old, our older brother, me and another older brother, I had to, we had to like break them down. Because before I used to always tell my older brother, hey, I love you, man. And he would just ignore it or whatever. Or even though we knew and I knew he loved me, he just wouldn't say it. But it's wild that I had to like break him down and then it became like a normal thing for him. So now it's second nature. He'll do that, right? You were saying how you're conversing with your older brother, but there's a there you feel a barrier right away. What do you mean? So, I wouldn't say that there's a barrier, but I think there's less willingness, maybe on my part as well. Now that I can reflect on it, uh huh. But that engagement of a deeper conversation, right? Like, what are the things that? Um, drive you? What are those things that make you upset? What are those things that, um, you know, that you think of me, right? Those deeper conversations. And we've had some of those, but I don't have a relationship where I feel like uh, we can just go ahead and pick up and have a full-on conversation without it being more surface level. Okay. Right? It's, I, I don't know. Maybe it's me just not wanting to go deeper. And maybe it's me not asking those questions on top of that. Um, but yeah, I feel like I haven't been able to, to figure out or navigate that conversation for deeper, a deeper relationship with my brother. How far of an age gap are you guys? And do you guys share any similarities? We do. So five years mm. is the gap. And so... Um, we do. We do share some similarities. We love being outdoors, right? Uh, we love food. Uh, we love, uh, you know, he's, he's into RC cars. I've, you know, I've always been fascinated with that. Mm -hmm. He's into just being active, right, mm -hmm. in his own way. And, um, you know, and we connect on, on some of the movies that we watch. But then it's like, I think we haven't had an opportunity just to be by each other and have that conversation. I think most of the times it's normally at a group event, mm -hmm. right? And so trying to break yourself off from a big group event to have those type of conversations pulls you away from everything else that's going on, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think I've also given myself that opportunity to like have those deeper conversations. Yeah, but it's also, right, like both of us are over 40, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, so it, it, it also gets tougher as you get older because a lot of those opportunities kind of get bred in when we're younger, right? Like being closer and closer. And like five years is a lot. You and I did not that we're 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. And for you, what's been your experience with me or even with our older brother, having older brothers in terms of has it been easy to have conversations or how did it change or was it always like tough? No, well, with Chris, my, my oldest brother, he he um, helped me a lot, like, in a, in a sense of, like, giving me my fashion and my confidence. Like, he would give me, like, brand new Jordans. Right. And he would give me, like, advice, like, something, like, a father would do with a son. But, like, it got to a point where it'd be, like, 
like a dictator in a way because he'd be like, well, you got to go to sleep at 10 p.m. And I'd be like, what? You can't go to sleep. I can't go to sleep. You're not my daddy. You're like eight, though. Yeah. I'm like, hold up, bro. All <laughs> daddies like, at that time. Keenan and Kel. Stayed like, up till midnight, son. Yeah, bro. <laughs> nah, but like I've always, luckily for me, like, my mom's, our mom's always been very affectionate. She's always said, I love you. Same thing with my father. Right. You know, so I've always been a person that just leads off of like, feeling, expressing myself with how I feel opposed to how I think. That's just how I've always been wired. And you've been able to have, or when did you feel the change occur, if there was a change or it's just been constant in terms of having conversations with our father? Have you ever been been able to have serious conversations like from the get-go or was it more, it stays on the surface unless you surface, unless you keep deep digging more or it's only when something like life-changing if i keep digging more i'll get a conversation out of my dad right i just really haven't made that time with it per se but like mostly from what my dad has taught me is like what pretty much like what what aj was saying earlier pretty much with like his father coming in coming in right and like working hard all day same thing with our father right he came in at a young age Working hard, right? Right. And I feel that my father just worked so hard that he didn't really express himself as much with words. Mm-hmm. He would just be like, okay, I love you. But the explanation wasn't there with like teaching us certain things or conversation. That's where I think where probably the disconnection is with my father and I going deeper in conversation. Right. Like the hard, hard work. Like, actions speak louder than words type of environment. Yeah, because our parents, right, they're, well, you and I share a father, and AJ's parents, like, they demonstrated through their hard work, and they show their love with their actions, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they got everything like, with, with their without actions. a single, we never doubted their love for us, right? Yeah, never. And I've always been pretty good when able to have conversations with our father, right, at a younger yeah. age, because I would just dig, dig more. But I notice it's it's work, man. Right? It's work, just like anything. That some like conversations are gonna stay on a certain level, right? Unless you ask a second question, you start right. digging, and you you get into that, or else it just stays very like uh, just like those. What do they call that on the, on the on the film Fight Club? Like one serving friends, right? Almost it could become like a one serving topic conversation mm-hmm. each time, right? Mm. So yeah, our father was always that's the thing that I find fascinating is that. Our grandma, our dad's father, she never told our dad that she loved him. He says she he never he says she never expressed any kind of physical emotion as a hug or anything with him. And I find it fascinating that he was able to still express us love, right? Mm-hmm. And is your dad AJ? Does he express it that way, or your mom with words or anything like that? Yeah. So to stay on on that, but I also wanted to address I think a little bit with. Uh-huh. my older brother I also think some of the reasons of conversation maybe not opening up as much is because he was also an authority mm. yeah. right because he had to take care of me like right. it yeah. no matter what it was his job because my parents had to go ahead and work right yeah. it was his job to watch over me right. at a younger age okay. so he had that that burden and but also opportunity so I feel like maybe that's also something that is a barrier, right? I still also think of him as somebody who could scold me, right? Who right. could reprimand me, yeah. you know, even though we're adults at this point. And yeah. so maybe that's where some of that is. Okay. To your to the question that you asked in regards to my father, right? Yeah. And expressing. So that's interesting because it was your grandfather, right? Grandmother. Grandmother. Mm-hmm. That uh, that didn't say it. Yeah, no, it's with our father. And that would stick. Yeah. Because you know, we've talked about that before. But I see how one way it could be like he could take that and run with it and not say it and that it not affect that way. But whatever he did to address that, he's never had any problem expressing that he loves us. Right. And did your grandmother also, was she able to express that word, love, to other people? Uh, that you witnessed? I think to some that I witnessed, I don't know, because we, she grew up, she's in Mexico. She was in Mexico, but her father would tell us that she would do that with other people. Got it. But maybe not with the oldest children. I don't know. AJ, was your father the oldest? Uh, No. 
Because he, yeah, he, oh man, how many siblings does he have? I can't even remember, but he has some older sisters. They're still in the Philippines. Okay. Um, But his thing was, yeah, he, he doesn't actually say it. Okay. To my brother. That specific word or just any kind of terms of endearment? Uh, no. So affection is always there. Right. right? And, uh, that is never denied. It's just the actual words of saying, I love you. Okay. Yeah. So it's, I could say it, my brother could say it and it will be received and it'll also be given back, but not through words. Okay. Yeah. So he, he wouldn't say it, but I, I feel like he can express that with his grandkids. Nice. Right? So that, just, that just made me think about how the most valuable thing is the action, right? Mm-hmm. Like it can't be overstated, right? Mm-hmm. Because hearing like from you that your dad doesn't say those words, but you have never felt that he didn't love you. Right. Yeah. And it's, so it makes you think about that other thing where maybe other people make a bigger deal of like, oh, they don't say it. Mm-hmm. Well, why are you scarred? If they're demonstrating the love and you are able to examine that and filter that through you and put it into the right perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that hasn't changed the way that I love, right? And how I show affection and how I actually say it. Like that hasn't, no, it it doesn't leave a scar. It's just interesting the way that it's not something that he needs to say. And I think if we lost language, right, you could still feel what love is. Absolutely. Right? Without ever saying it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I can still express it. I still receive it and I still can say it. Yeah, so. Which, which brings up, and, and I'm not part of this conversation, which brings up that you guys have created a new generation. You know, mm-hmm. AJ, you have two children, one boy, one girl. They're not that you have a son. Mm-hmm. And the way you go about expressing the love, both of you that I've seen, it's always been very expressive, mm-hmm. but also with, with language and stating I love you. Why do you put an emphasis on making sure you say it? Because I feel like anything that you constantly think or you constantly do, you'll embody. So if I just plant that little seed of anything you put your mind to, you will accomplish. And I water it every day. My son's going to be like, I'm, I'm a superhero. I'm like Buzz Lightyear. I'm going to beat the evil Zorg. You know, I'm going to conquer the planet. And I want him to have that type of attitude and outlook of life. And like anytime someone else tells him he can't do anything, that's just them being fearful. Because I feel like we're all programmed in a way of just thinking that way. And I don't want my son to get poisoned by society and the environment. Because that's what I constantly see. What well, I guess what, I, was what to... I want to change. Right, because that's like you're, you're, you're doing positive reinforcement and feeding that. But I guess what I wanted to kind of like get more into the grain is with um, stating I love you to him. You have no problem doing that or saying that, right? But you do that consciously. Why why do you think it's important that you do that? In in regards to just expressing, aside from our actions by expressing love, why do you feel like it's important that you should express it in words also that you love them? Because you're setting the example. Because I, I remember like being a child and being confused when my dad would be like, why didn't you brush your teeth? And I wouldn't get it. Like he wouldn't give me examples, like the bill, show me the bill of how expensive it is. But like when you tell a son, I love you, and you hug them and show them, you're showing them both. Mm. So you get the double effect, the double dosage, and I think that's gonna be more positive towards it. He could put an example of what that really means. Okay, so, okay, got you, that makes sense. Do you, how do you feel, how do you see that, AJ? Yeah, so I completely agree on on that outlook. I also look at it as a vibration too, right? So we're an energy. And if you say these things that you think in your head and you feel in your body and you actually say it out loud and it becomes and it manifests and it is actually out there, it resonates in a different way. And so when you can reinforce the way that you actually feel and the energy that you give off to other people but also say it, it creates another connection and it's out there. So uh, I, yeah, I completely side with, you gotta, you gotta be able to say it. You also have to be able to embrace it and show it. And 
I think the more that we actually say it, we believe more of it because we become it, right? So I tell with my son and my daughter that you are love because the more that we are and the more that we believe those things, right? That's mm -hmm. actually who we are. And so if you can continue to say those things in a, in a vibration that they can actually receive, they become that and they embody that because there's too many times out of the day that there's, we just think negative thoughts all Absolutely. the time, right? And think about that navigating that through a child. And if they're already starting to think about themselves negatively, right? Well, how do we reinforce that with positive words, positive vibrations? And so when you, when you say those words and you embody those words and they hear those words and they receive it, they become that as well. That's fascinating that the way you guys... I like something you said about the vibrations. Absolutely. And, and I, I definitely agree with that because when I think about it, like think about like our parents, again, going back full yeah. circle. Like our parents just worked hard that they just became hard workers and it was just repetitive, repetitive motion where it just became that where they couldn't really say words. But yes, they will show you in a sense and that kind of hindered that. And that that's where us as child seeing that, seeing where the opportunity is and we're changing that. Yeah, that's fascinating the way you guys put it that. Because to connect to what we were talking about earlier, how, yeah, the words, but us, maybe we're just individual that way where we knew what love was, even mm. if we didn't hear it. Well, we did, but in terms of your, your uh, upbringing, mm -hmm. but hearing the way you guys are describing that is so important is because you do attach it, right? Yeah. Not only do I show you with other actions, okay, you have a roof over your head, I want you to get better in life, you know, I'm, I'm giving you a head start, something I didn't have. It's you're demonstrating like, this is also love. Mm -hmm. My hug, you know, kiss you on the cheek. No Tom Brady kisses, right? No kissing in the mouth. Right? <laughs> so just kissing the cheek. Uh, strong. Just kidding. Whoever does kiss beat the kids in the mouth, that's cool. But uh, Apparently, you know, I that, that that's strong. You know that that's that's good. You're talking about that vibration, that physical touch, and demonstrating that hey, this is love. Also, yeah. it's putting in action to it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's wow. That's I never I never even really thought about it that way. So it's good to connect out. Our folks were to us, to the way our siblings are, and also how you you both have made it a point to do that with your children. To really be like, hey, this is, you know, I love you. Yeah. Show them love. Yeah, again, I, I can't know how your dad, you know, raised you guys. Right. But I can say the way that my parents raised me, mm -hmm. they gave me everything that I could think of. Right. Like, just anything that I would basically ask for. But I also was pretty conservative right. as far as what I needed. I just needed the basics. I didn't really care about any of the brand name stuff, just, right. just the basics, but they still were able to do so much. And, uh, I mean, from trips to, you know, the Philippines to right. around the United States, like just everywhere. And yet that the, the show for love is always there. Right. Right. But then I feel like there was, there was a disconnect with the words, the conversations that I would have. Even in his, even in his native tongue? So, and that's another disconnect that I had to actually yeah. deal with, though, where I feel like that is probably another set of trauma or barrier that I would have to overcome because I never actually learned Tagalog. Oh, damn. Points for us, bro. We learned Spanish. Spanish. Hey, but yeah, I had ESL classes because of that, bro. Uh, when's this guy <laughs> leaving? <laughs> you know what's funny? So and I took Spanish classes before <laughs> I actually took Tagalog classes. Yeah, so that's still a bucket list. And I don't know why I haven't actually just taught myself at this point. But also, they so they didn't... <laughs> But they didn't speak that at home. They wanted you guys to just like make sure you focus on English so there's no... Yeah, I feel like there was a big point of assimilation, especially okay. where we grew up. With okay. like a, a ton of white neighbors. It's like, a survival, right? It's more like a survival tactic. Yeah, just, kind of, I, I'm assimilate. in here. I got to assimilate, right? Uh, my older brother, he also, you know, he understood it. He didn't pick it up as much as, you know, I think that they were hoping. So it didn't translate down to me. And right. so they would speak Tagalog all day long and I would pick up a couple things here and there. Okay. But I wouldn't understand, you know, full on conversations. So they could have conversations in front of me and I have no idea what yeah. they're talking about. Of course not. So then it becomes like, all right, I'm going to isolate myself. Right? Yeah. That happens. 
So maybe that's the link, right? That's a missing link that, because I mean, you and I learned Spanish, then our dad was like, oh, you're worthy of me telling you I love uh, you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we keep it light here. So, but no, yeah. that's, that's absolutely just wild, man. But I think those are really fascinating points you guys are talking about. And that's what I'm really intrigued by, how you two are raising your children. You know, I, I see that in... They're both, you know, your set of kids are great, they're beautiful. And there's never any type of like coldness, you know, mm. that I ever feel. It's like there's like this emphasis on paying attention to and being present, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That's how you are with Zeke, man. And it's a you guys are doing a great job, man. Beautiful, man. Thank you. I don't care what your kids complain about <laughs> ten years from now to the therapists. <laughs> I'm with you guys. <laughs> right? Yeah. We thought we were doing what we were supposed to be doing the right way. So what do you guys think about the uh like influence? Where do you think you get some of the most influence? what has either your parents or your brothers influence you guys on? Do you have like any of that? Like I'm thinking about like um luckily, you know, we're very lucky that we were all raised by our, this the same couple, right? They mm -hmm. didn't they get divorced, you know, we didn't have an absent father or mother, right? And I'm trying to think, like, the influence a lot I have from my older brother. And he's just two years different, so that's a lot closer than five, right? So there's more of, like, between eight and ten, you know, yeah. all that other stuff. So I can imagine with your older brother, you're five, he's ten. Huge guy. Yeah. He's a sophomore in high school at 15. You're still in elementary school. Yep. You know, you guys don't even share a high school year. High school, right? he's out. He's out. You're a freshman. He's already out. Yep. Oh, yeah. So there's that. But with my, my, my brother, we were elementary school together. Mm -hmm. Not in junior high, because here it's seventh and eighth grade. Yep. Um, but then we, when I was a freshman, he was a junior. You know, so there was that. So that's when I like relied on him a lot. Seemed like because I was like, man, I remember walking into high school the first day, and I was like, dang, girls got bodies. You know, because he saw seniors <laughs> running around. Yep. And who knows? Even now, probably at that time wow. they were flat too. But at your <laughs> age, you're like. And then you feel like that, boom, like that shock, right? Yeah. Like immediately. And then you see the older kids, you know, the athletes are in shape, all this other stuff. Yeah. And I had basketball reliance, so I hung out with the jocks and stuff. But having that influence on brother, I remember this one time, like, because he was, you know, he was a greaser rockabilly. Now I just remember this one time, to this day, I remember vividly, shit, that's six of you, right? It was like a group of them, like 10 of them. They're all dressed like that, right? You felt mm -hmm. like you were watching, you know fucking the wanders or some shit right okay. and then and then they're they're walking by because there was like carts to get food and stuff and it was like this like the sea party right they cut right in the front like a bunch of jerks <laughs> and they got their food but they looked all cool the hair was all dope and i was like dang i remember talking to people like he was a hero man you know and like yeah. it's like that like little influence that does with the idea of cool right mm -hmm. And the things that, like, it makes a crack in your brain, right? And it just, it just sticks there. Like, it just, I mean, I'm 41 years old. And I remember stuff that saw when I was 14. Wow. You know, like that vividly. Because yeah. you knew it was, like, instrumental. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts like that that come to mind? Or just in general where they had such an impact on you? With, you know, something your brother or your parents did or something like that? I mean, with my brother, he raised me for the most part. You know, I mean, he was the first person to really teach me how to drive Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. He was the first person to teach me how to drive stick as well, wow. right? Um, and then since he was basically my babysitter, right, all through junior high, I mean, I... So I it's hung, just all I embedded in you, right? Yeah. The raising he, up everything. Yeah, for the most part. He was there through that whole process, just like kind of raising me, guiding me along, and still making sure to take care of me. Um, so there's a, a lot of that stuff that I, I just remember. Yeah, tons of video game stuff as well. Um, with my parents, that's really like, I think it's just more experiences. I mean, so many experiences within the United States. With trips, the, uh, going trips, just, cross country. All that stuff, just invaluable. Um, but again, I, I think it'll go back to like, how do we get to a conversation? You know, even yeah. with our own parents. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, how about you? Anything that comes to mind? With Chris? I mean... Nah, man. Your favorite brother. You? No, nah, no. Nah. The other Chris? Yeah. No, same thing, same thing with what AJ, same thing with what AJ said. Um, I mean, I remember Chris teaching me how to drive, like having the patience for that. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. it, like having like real conversations with me. I remember he got me my, my first Playboy magazine. 
Oh, like, okay. When I'm turning into a man. I remember Carmen Electra, bro. I'll never forget. <laughs> Yeah. Bro, like everything, man. I remember when so he took he, me uh, to, when he the took, threshold of debauchery. Like he showed me like what, like what a dope dad, like what dope, sh- like what a cool father, what dope be. shit would be. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Adam Sandler, like what he would do in Big Daddy. Like I remember right. being in elementary school, and when he he picked me up to go watch Space Jam. Like I got out of elementary school early. You feel like I knew, and I'm like, I'm gonna go up. see MJ and Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Peace. Like I felt <laughs> all big, bro. Right. You know, and all so, the kids were all, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm about to spoil this movie. <laughs> we beat the monsters. <laughs> nah, but yeah, man. So like, nothing but positive stuff. So I feel like he influenced me in a very positive, uplifting, upbringing way, in a loving way. And that's mm-hmm. why I, that's what I connect really with what Chris mm. planted within me, man. Well, yeah, shout the, out to Chris. The good thing is that the positive stuff always negative stuff because it's not bullshit ourselves, and we all have. Negative experience, negative influence, like anything, you know? And I want to say one thing. Like, I remember one time, and I think I got this from my my brother. Because I do this, I used to do this all the time, and I still catch myself doing this for some reason. Like, for some reason, Chris thought he was by himself, and he had, like, the music. He had Luis Miguel playing. All loud. Turned up. Dude was, like, pretending he had the mic on. Singing his heart out, doing dance moves, 360s, and I walk up. Uh-huh. I'm like, what are you doing? He turns around and says, oh, shit. Like, he got all scared. <laughs> he did, like, the Heisman Trophy. Like, he, he, just la- he just laughed it off. And I and he just laughed it off. But, like, now, like, when I think about it, I remember I'd always go in the bathroom, turn the light on, and mm-hmm. just rap. Listen, like, when my parents were gone, pretend I'm, I'm having, like, a concert. Right. Yeah. I'd put on, like, my favorite chains on, my favorite song. And, and just, just do the whole and perform, and I and I think probably got that from Chris from seeing that moment, dude. Probably, man, because I remember I used to lip sync all the time too. When no one was home, I turned on. Well, dude, it hit me when I was a really young age. I think when I was in fourth grade and we went to North Hollywood for one year, it like opened up my mind to just becoming this huge dreamer, right? I used to yeah. always pretend that I was all Hell like yeah, had a little bro. like a little elementary school freaking <laughs> dance, that face. and that I'm face, all singing, <laughs> and I'm all singing like the song goes to you. Right. But I said the movies, right? They make you dream. Yeah, like yeah. I thought I was like Richie Valens and La Bamba, minus the plane crash. No, and how'd you feel in those moments? Man, I felt like I was fucking on fire, man. You know, because I mean, I'm all I had songs in my head. You know, what song I used to always sing when I was a little kid and pretend to be they go, Anna. You know that, that Beatles song, which is actually not a Beatles song, Arthur Alexander, rest in peace. And the Beatles took over and did a different version. But, you know, you feel like all the girls liked you. You felt like a rock star. Remember the movie um, uh, Monster Squad? Did you guys see Monster Squad? I yeah. I can't With Fra- Savage? 21 nah, Savage? Fred Savage? Forget it. Anyways, there's a guy that ah. is supposed to be like really cool. And then you start reenacting the scenes from the movie like you think it's him. Like all the shit you learn, yeah. you know? Yeah. What you lip sync to, man? AJ? Uh, yeah, La Bamba. La Bamba? Oh, that too? Sixth grade. You're yeah. yeah. Did You're a talent Donna? show. What's that? Donna? Do- I mean, everybody <laughs> would sing Donna. You actually right? did a talent show. Did That's a talent awesome. show. Oh, dive into this, man. Sixth grade. Me and my neighbor, my buddy, Bill, and we, they thought that I was actually lip syncing, but I was actually singing. So it was me and my neighbor. And he's playing the guitar, but he's not really playing the guitar. But he's, he's just air guitar. He's, but no, he's got a guitar and he's strumming along and he's playing. And I'm uh, singing La Bamba on there. And they were throwing the music so loud that it was hard for them to hear me sing. So people thought I was like actually lip syncing. But I was fully on singing that stuff. And I remember just building up the practice and singing in the mirror and performing in front of like my yeah, parents man. and just singing it. Dude, watching that the movie. is. And That's then doing it cool. on the stage. And, I love that. Yeah, and actually just singing in front of you know your other classmates and and their parents. What that was really cool. Who signed you for it? What brought on that idea? Uh, you know, I don't know if that's just because. Filipino people love to karaoke, and so that's just kind of ingrained, <laughs> right? I feel that's easy. That's easy cop out. No, both your parents are performers. Yes, they like to. I wouldn't say they like to be on They're stage. Not that me not know, but but they are very comfortable within being on stage or in. A what, what do they do for that? That doesn't. So I mean, for the most part, they they teach dance. So ballroom mm. salsa. They've been teaching for a long time. All types of dance, um, and they actually had a dance studio 
uh, and oh. they still technically have a studio that they perform at. But yeah, they've never been shy to be a lead and show people what to do, but they do it in a way that it's just, hey, if you want to learn, you know, come on and hang out with us. And so, yeah, they've always been performers. Right. I think, you know, my, my mom's been on stage before. Just was, we're expressive, just with movement and body. And yeah. Dance, you know, yeah. To and do that and to teach people. Yeah. So at that age, they're already doing that. Yeah. I mean, and they still continue to do it in their 70s. So um, do you think that, that awesome. maybe kind of made you want to perform at that time because it was so such a natural thing for your folks to do it you know but i didn't see them do a lot of that in my my youth the their passion for dance came later okay so this was maybe more when i was like in junior high and oh high okay mm. yeah so, so maybe you inspired them when they saw your Richie Valens perform. That was it. That right? that was and it. Started dancing in, in front of the class. Yeah. <laughs> the best part though that I still remember from that performance is my neighbor Bill. He had the best little breakout because you know when they do the guitar solo. Yeah. He was really rattle the guitar. Right? Little rattlesnake for you. And he goes out and he just starts performing, and the I mean you could just feel the energy and for the crowd and everyone's like. Especially two six-year-olds, man. Awesome. Yeah. Not six-year-olds, two no, sixth-graders. Sixth-graders. I'm all six. Two six-year-olds. You're all little. Yeah. With your pompadour, AJ, you're just like... That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, so that was that was. But awesome. he was playing or he was airplane? He was airplane. So he airplayed a solo. He airplayed yeah, a he solo airplane. out of that motherfucker. Yes. Oh, and... <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. like... They were eating it up. And I just remember everybody just cheering to that. I think my dad actually has it on camcorder. I yeah. bet. So you would practice what, like a couple weeks ahead, you think? For you sure. Just Watching the movie, right? And just listening. Because it was the final performance. <laughs> did you guys imi- did you imitate what he wore that day? Uh, in that final concert? Yeah. It was, was like kind of wearing... like a purple shirt. Yeah, I think I was wearing a red shirt. Yeah, oh, it then, was a red and, shirt. And, yeah, it was right. a red shirt and then black blue jeans, right? Or black jeans. Uh, yeah, and I can't remember my shoes, but my buddy was also dressed up too. Yeah, that's fucking dope. Awesome, Did you ever perform anything or not? The or you're nah, just, just, just rapping car- in the shower. I just karaokeed. No, like you, Kelly's. Nah, man, I've heard some of those rap demos though. Oh, I, I used to rap in high school, so I used to drop mixtapes back in the MySpace days. Yeah. So what was dope about MySpace? You could like upload your own. That was song. your distributor, huh? MySpace. That was my distributor, and then it was cool when like the homies' girlfriends at the time, like their little brothers, they would put like art. Our rap songs yeah. on there in MySpace. So yeah, I had a little run with that. Well, you had a little beats. group, right? You don't have to say the name, but there was like four or five of you guys that would just all rap together all the time, or yeah, PS. We were called PSB. All right, that was the, the crew name. Peanut salt and butter. P- Pimp squad ballers. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut <Butter>. salt ballers. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. That, that's right, man. That's dope, man. Because uh, I always was in the band, and it made me think about the performance. I remember in high school. They, they did a thing called like the coffee house mm. and it was a psychology class that I was on and at the time I was in a band so we we're like oh why don't we just perform right so uh, we went up there and we did two songs and it was cool but what's funny I saw one of my friends he performed too but his thing was a whole production value because he was a big uh, Billy Corgan Smashing Pumpkins fan right so he did it with like curtains mm. and all this other shit as seniors. Are and I was you like, serious? Man, that's aggressive. That's but that was cool, man. Came production, production value, you know. But being the group I was in, man, we just did a couple of tracks, just went in there and ripped it. It was, it was wow. It's funny, man, when you do that stuff, you know. Was this Albino Crow that did it? Well, that was before Albino Crow. No, this was no, uh, but that we, was we him. were the Brimstones. No, but that was him that did yeah, the curtain. Yeah, yeah. No, no, the other performance, and that was a buddy of mine. Oh. Yeah. That's tight, though. And I think I think his wife's like a Chipotle head chef or something. Now, I haven't talked to him forever, but I think he's a professor for a university. I think it was in Arizona or something. What did you play? You I didn't back? play anything, man. I did vocals. I don't even call it singing. I did vocals. He sounds it's good. Because right. it's like, uh, well, I wrote all the lyrics, right? Okay. And my buddy at that time, Jose, he used to write all the music. So then we used to just get together and we just pluck out songs to record it. Because he used to have a recording studio mm. that he formed at his house. It was a four-track player. This is back like in 96, four track, 95. Four right? And then he would get all the punk bands from the neighborhood. Because there was, I don't even remember, but you wouldn't, you'd live in Chino Town. But in Chino, it was just mad with punk bands. Mm-hmm. There was into punk oh, yeah. bands, right? So, and I never cared for punk too much, man. Uh, as I've gotten older, I enjoyed it more, you know, because of the rebel aspect of it. And I've, you know, 
Iggy, Stooge, and all those people. But at that time, it felt like the because the kids were playing, it was just like two chords. It was just always about like angst, you know, and I didn't feel that. I didn't yeah. feel that angst in that way. And I always was more into the Smiths, rock and roll, music, rap, hip hop. So our songs were completely different theirs. It sounded like, oh, we were like trying to be like the Smiths kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and it was more heavy laden on the guitar style and the lyrics. But yeah, so yeah, man, we just got along really well. And then my buddy David, who I still hang out with, and I'm going to see him this Saturday for his birthday. He's turning 40. Nice. Uh, he, he's to this day, man. He still plays guitar for fun. Just that like that. He has a, a Bino Crow record label where he's put out different things out. Sign me. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's uh, and it's really cool, man. But yeah, man, that's the performance aspect, right? We just... Something about it, mm-hmm. you know? But I think a lot of us are also fearful of it. I think that's, right, one of the, the biggest fears is even like public speaking, right? Or just being in yes. front of the public. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I remember, yeah, man, I was awful at that. And it's not like I spoke in big forums. I'm not like some big orator or nothing. But regards to work, you know, I have to stand up, talk to people, all that stuff. And it's expanding because it's different when you're little huddles, mm-hmm. right? But it's expanding to bigger groups and talking to meetings and all this other stuff. And you just get more comfortable. But, uh, man, when I was younger, yeah, man, I hated it. I would get fears. <laughs> I like, you, what I first learned to do was like, slow down. Because I would just be like, talk right. all fast. And then you're like, hey, you lose your train of thought right. and all this other stuff. But yeah, man, do you have like horror stories? I'm trying to remember if I had any horror stories for me talking from the past. Well, I, I just find it interesting, though, that you would be able to sing in front of a group. But when it came down to actually like public speaking, it was difficult. Well, I left some details out. I was nervous as fuck when I'd go up there. Uh, when you would sing. And I would vocalize with my eyes closed. Hmm. I would never open wow. my eyes. Really? Just in between songs. What was that weird thing you would do? Fale, la, la. Or was that singer thing? I'm not a singer, man. I didn't do that. That you would They're do? Supposed to. It, I didn't what, know that. How does it go? Me, right? How is does it go? Do yeah, because it's the notes. But I didn't there know we that. Go. I didn't even like, do that. Yeah. No, that wasn't me. Do yeah. <laughs> Clear it up, that was, that was our brother, too. And we used to yeah, and you used to cup on him. Yeah, but you don't have like any... Like, uh, did you ever perform the rap or just record it? You guys actually... I would have loved to perform it, man. But, like, I just I just uh, recorded it. Um, I remember, like, that one moment at, at work... Yeah. Where I had a... Where I gave a speech. Oh. Like, that was, like, my favorite moment. Like, I felt like... You're talking like, fairly recently, though. Not back This was, like, two years... Two, okay. three years ago. Gotcha. Like, yeah, this is, like... Like, I embody everything. Like, I visualize it. I'm like, this is my award-winning speech right here. Mm. I'm gonna take it, man. It. And right. then I just remember people were saying like, "Oh, you dropped the mic," because I remember Dang. you told me like, "Hey, come out with me this weekend at St. Patrick's Day." Right. And I'm like, "Nah, I can't go, bro." I'm, oh, that's why you prepared. You prepared because the team I the team I coached graduated. Right, right. So right. then I remember I had that moment. So I look forward to the to those opportunities. Man. Was that one of the, the love your that. first opportunities to ever do that? You didn't do that prior to any of nah, your that school? was my first time speaking oh, in front of okay. like like the person that runs the whole building. Right, like all the management. So you were late like bloomer. That was like your first try. That was my was first good. try, and I'm like, finally, hell yeah! And I just remember like Why getting the chills put... throughout my whole body. Yeah, like good that man. Energy, like yeah. I welcome because you're probably you got some with that vibrations, right? That's it. Yeah, and like you're like. And speaking of like what you're Mark saying, right like there. being fearful, like of, of talking in public, my my homie read up this one thing that he shared with me. That's a good little tip trick that you could do, because like I get really nervous like before like yeah you're high something, energy right man. yep. So you could instead of telling your body to calm down, because when you're nervous you're like this. If you tell your body to calm down, it's gonna be like right fucking up. But if you trick your body or you have that conversation and say. I'm energized or I'm excited right. to do this opposed mm-hmm. to I'm nervous, you're going to channel a whole different type of outlook. And that's something that I've been you. trying to practice. That's been, yeah, that's been helpful for me. Well, that just goes all the way back to the beginning of our conversation about you actually saying the words, right? Absolutely. You embody the words. You embody the words. You've changed the word. It's the same scenario, but you've changed your perspective based off the word that you've actually told it to be, right? Mm-hmm. And which changed your mindset. Absolutely. And then allows you to do what you wanted to do at that time, right? To give that speech. That's why, because I don't subscribe to that. But I think it's good that it works. Me, what I finally got better on was accepting and knowing I am going to feel nervous. And this is the feeling of nervousness and anxiety. 
things that we talked about in the past, right? And not the yes. where. You just make it your friend. You know it's coming. Yes, you make it your friend. You just get comfortable with it. And you learn how to just ride that wave. Because in my head, like it may work for you the way you do it or not, though. Maybe that's just one aspect of it. It's an aspect. It's, it's an aspect, of it, right? Yeah. Because like, if I were to do that to myself, I feel like, oh, and I'm trying to trick myself. Mm. Instead, I want to just solve it or go about it. What I feel like, no, this is the way to attack it, right? Yeah. And now until I was like, yeah, it's anxiety, get comfortable with it. Then I learn how to ride it. You know, and yeah. that's what's always because it's me. something positive in a sense, though. Of course, it's completely it's positive. It's getting your alerts. Yeah. It's so completely looking positive. at it in yeah. a better view opposed to I'm nervous. I think you're going to channel something. That's I what agree. I'm practicing. I agree. I think whatever so, works for someone, and it's a positive yeah. thing because it turns into a positive and it's just one aspect of it. Yeah. And it could be that first hurdle that gets me to do that and then I get more Because why am I going to get nervous? I've done this 10 times, but it always happens. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because you know? the nervous is a good thing. Yeah. Because yeah. you want to make sure you don't fail. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Our, our brain wants to Damn, protect us. I wish us. I had some horror The brain always does that. that, man. The brain always does that. I do have... Yeah. Hey, man, I don't have any horrors. I'm sorry. I must. Maybe I blocked it out. It's a public speaking. Maybe in high school or college. I can't think of it right now. How about you? I've been fortunate enough that I'm okay with stumbling with some of that stuff okay. as I'm up there. But yeah, every time I've had to make a presentation, because that's what I do. I mean, sometimes it's 60, 80, you know, maybe 100 people that okay, you actually yeah. have to give a presentation to. Wow. So yeah, that doesn't really go away. So to your part, uh, to, to your point, you do prepare for that. You do know that you're going to get nervous. It's just going to be part of it, right? Right. And what we're not just saying is, you change the words, right. right? So it has a different meaning, but you also embody that you're going to feel that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. You already know it's going to be there, right. but you found a way not to use a word, but also create a calm. Yeah. Right? That Definitely. understanding. Right? right. But if you were to describe what that was, those words would be back to what you're saying. Right. right. It's more positive. Right. Um, but because I, that's your, 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 you're taking the word and be like, you know what? Nervous is not a bad thing. It's right. energy. I mean, yes. energy. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And then you've been able to deal with that and know that it's going to come and know how to get yourself out of it. Because you know that there is that down part where you feel comfortable. And then when you're finally up there to actually talk, right. then you just start flowing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It just happens. Like, But to say I've had a point where I can remember when I've had like a, a mistake. Yeah, I'm, there's lots of mistakes in, in the words. But not to the point where man, I was hoping some. Flow. I was hoping it was some horror <laughs> stories somewhere. You know what? Someone we landed on flat on her face. I, well, so I had to give presentation, and in my presentation, I wore a huge bucket, like just a red bucket around me, because I was the part of the basically the summer bucket of fun. Okay, so that was my presentation, and I was That's selling. Awesome booze and i was using that and i had to give that presentation like four times and by the fourth time with just me and with this big oh, red bucket <laughs> with me as suspenders right with the rope suspenders just holding up this big red bucket around me uh the fourth one you're just like i'm over it yeah you know? okay. yeah you're just like i'm drained but you still try to give that same energy but yeah that was that's one that i can remember i appreciated the second presentation that i gave but right. the third, I was like, all right, I'm kind of done with this. The fourth one, it just, yeah, cause I, I just I gave up. A, I took a, a public speaking class in college. And around my, around my first thing was, man, I was nervous. You're speeding through things. And, yeah. it just, and I've done one for work where I had to like MC something. Man, I was bad. I just, and it's just like, it just, the mic just echoed. <laughs> and it's like, man, but you, you got to do it and get better. You got to fake, you got to do it. Yeah. Like, do you have the ability? Because there's nothing feels better than when you're up there and you command the crowd. I'm all talking like I'm all goddamn. Yeah, commanding comedian. a room. Right. Man. No, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. you're, like you're doing your speeches over with a, you know, eighty, hundred people for um, meetings, presentations, man. So the good thing is that you you're an expert on that. Whatever material you're presenting, you know that material, sure. right? So that's a good thing. Then you're able to dive in more and you get a little more like, okay, I don't have to memorize specific yeah. things. That's good, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. public speaking is great, man. Like, yeah, I think I've been blessed to have that opportunity to get over that fear because it's Or still, else you wouldn't be where you're at right now, right? Because if you yeah, couldn't talk like that in public, like, nah, man, you can't. Yeah, I mean, it's still a battle. Right? Yeah, of course. For the most part, but you know what the end result is. You just really want to talk about what you know, mm -hmm. right? At the end of the day. Yeah, man, that's good shit, man.
So then, what are we gonna do with our parents, man? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna break that barrier. We gotta kick that you know so what? Or sometimes the, like the, the flip side of it. Sorry to cut you off, but the flip side of it also is sometimes I'm sitting there with my folks, right? And I know I could engage in more conversation. Yeah, that's how. I but then I stop, right? So it's yeah. about yeah. You want to focus on what? What am I doing wrong? How come? I'm like, oh, do you really want to dive into it? Because sometimes they'll give me the generic answers, mm-hmm. which I didn't think I do, right? But I know the generic answers. I was like, so let me really find out what's up. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I've done that, I've never regretted it one time because it's always turned out to be, oh, man, it's a good hell of a conversation yeah. to unknow our parents longer because mm-hmm. who knows how long they're going to be around, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, realizing that as, as I get older, right, how important that connection actually is and engaging in more of those types of conversations to give me their backstory, like just more of that. And I know that they've told me, you know, some of the stuff as they grow up, but like, I'm curious to know how they also experienced us as kids and have those types of conversations and, and open up about that. So that's definitely something that I'd like to go ahead and dive into and ask. Right. Wasn't one that your um, early ideas when we were talking about the podcast, why you wanted to start doing this, Aside from documenting our conversations, but wasn't one of your ideas like, oh, you wanted to sit down and talk to our pal about, you know, about those generations of his difference? What were your some thoughts on that that you wanted to do with our dad? I just want to make that that connection of the the baby boomer to generation to raising a generation X child and raising a millennial child and the different correlations and just all the trials and tribulations our pops went through. Right. Like what made him? What engraved him? What, what are his biggest beliefs? What are his morals? Because that's pretty much legit. That's pretty much what makes up a person. And it's our history, vision, right? That's it's our connection history. to our history and why they're How there. How is grandpa like? We don't, wanna, grandma? Right. We don't want to regret not doing that. Absolutely. Man, we got to do that, man. We just got to translate. Well, I think we've, we've given ourselves the opportunity, right? Yeah. As you Absolutely. continue to parent in a different style, right? Then I think us having this conversation also allows us to be aware of those types of conversations we want to have with our parents and actually do it. And while we do this, we're refining our skills in conversation, right? Yeah. To be able to really engage in what we're doing, let the individual talk so we can learn from them. And with that, we keep building that up so we could have that with other people Mm -hmm. and we're finding people to do it with them, with our folks, right? So speaking of folks, Renato, you being a dad, Right, myself being a dad, the way thanks asshole. But go ahead, <laughs> continue. <laughs> uh, I don't know your dad, so <laughs> I respect him. But I was curious to know because the way that you've described your connection and conversations that you've had with your dad today, or even in the past, might not be the same type of conversations that you feel that you would actually have with your son, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm curious to know. Why would that be different? Why would you want to have like that type of conversation with your son as he continues to get older? That was so different than the style that you grew up in. That's a really good question. I I would say just based off of what I what I felt was disconnected growing up. Like I never understood like going back to our conversation earlier. Like I never understood my dad telling me, "Brush your teeth." Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember my dad showing me that. But I remember him telling me, and I'd always be confused, like, what do you mean by that? But now, like, being a father and seeing, like, dang, like, I didn't brush my teeth that that day. That's an expensive bill. Mm. So just going further, showing the the action as well as expressing the words and everything. Yeah. That that's that's where I'm I'm changing from what I learned from my father. Like, sure. You know, what about you, AJ? So, it's interesting because. As, as you think about your parents and the things that you crave later in life, it's normally, it's two things and they're, they're normally polar opposite, but then something sticks with you. So it's either something that they gave you a lot of, right? Or something that they didn't give you a lot of. So you crave one or the other, because one, you're just so used to having this, that happened with your parents, so you continue on that. Or you also crave something that you felt like you didn't actually receive, right? Wow. From your parents. And so I think that's kind of where I, I agree with you. I want to continue to have full conversations with my son 
and my daughter and let them be able to express themselves and allow myself to listen and kind of be present with what they're saying, especially at the ages that there are now, they can, you know, completely speak and, and express feelings. Um, so where was it going? Um, so yeah, I, I feel that it's important to, to understand that I want to do things a little differently because those are some of the things that I felt like I didn't get. So I'm going to add another layer on top of it, right? It's not that I completely dismiss it, but I think those are things that I felt like I also wanted. And so I'm going to continue to do that and show that with my kids. Yeah, well. you're perfecting it, man. You're working on the progression. You had all these, you've stated nothing, you know, a lot of the positive stuff that you had growing up. But you're like, where, what are some things that were lacking that are missing that now I, because my folks gave me that opportunity for me to improve. Now Absolutely. I have the ability to, you know what? There's something, I there's something AJ said that's so true, man. Express and listen. Mm. So that's where I feel there's a disconnection from what I've observed with my child around older generation, where they just cast nothing but fear. Like mm. opposed to like letting my son roam around, they'll be like, oh, he's going to fall. Like that's the initial thought. Right. Ex opposed to letting my son Experience. express themselves. Sure. Feel themselves. My lady, man, I commend her and I, lo I love her for this and I want to say this. She always gives my son choices. Mm -hmm. Like, hey son, what toy do you want to take today? Sure. Let's him pick. So he already knows, like, I'm going to make my own decisions. So we're already showing him action and telling him, what do you want to do? So that man, that expressing and listening, man, I love that you, you said that, man. Yeah, you'd be surprised on what your kids will actually be willing to go ahead and express to you. If you don't get caught up with your own ego and tell them how they need to do things, but mm -hmm. maybe have a conversation with them and say like, well, why would you want to do things the way that you do? And you can dig into that. So after a yeah, long, man. busy, stressful day, tension-filled day of yeah. work, right? Yeah. And Full eight all that other powers. stuff. Yep. What are the good habits that you have formed or continue to work on? to maintain that ability to be able to have that with your children. What do you what what is something that works that you're able to do to make sure you always keep that fine tuned so you don't slip up? So this might sound woo-woo for some people, but your breath. Mm. Breath work, meditation, intention, and gratitude. I think that's absolutely true, man. Mm -hmm. And if you can be grateful for things, then you realize that even the toughest situations are an opportunity to learn something. Because it sets you, like when you're grateful for stuff, and your mind's like, I'm being appreciative of this. Absolutely. As opposed to taking shit for granted. Right. Why is this stuff happening to me? Right. right? As opposed to being thankful for the things that you do have. Yes. We, we're part of the world. It's not just our life. We're part of the we're world. We're all kind of, yeah. That's what Absolutely. We so the woo-woo part is the breath work. So being able to... Breathe within to calm yourself down when you're in a stressful situation, right? You're coming home from work, uh, you're picking up the kids and they're all riled up and yeah. one of them go ahead and, and gets into an argument or a fight and you want to calm them down. Their energy's like Their energy's here. high, right? And you've just had a long day and you're just trying to figure it all out and it gives you an opportunity and you should give yourself an opportunity just to breathe as you enter into that room or into your space. And it gives you a point of clarity that everything that continues to happen within this type of energy, you can also control it as well. So if you want to act negatively towards it, well, guess what? Then that negative energy will continue to fill the room. Yeah. But if you can take your deep breaths and just take it all in, even just three deep breaths, you'll be surprised on how present you become and how more mindful you become and how less stressed you become. I'm for it, man. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Is that what, what are your tactics or not though to make sure you're present with your child? I, that's that, well, what he said. Exactly, man. And that's something that I need to practice more being present in a sense where it's like my whole life. So the more I practice, the better I could do it with everything. Mm -hmm. So for example, I forgot the name of the book that I was reading earlier where it said like, Practicing presence works, like let's say for example, you go into the bathroom, 
you turn on the water, you enjoy the water splash onto your hands. Then you enjoy the soap, then you feel the soap all over your hands. Right. And then you rub your hands. So you take your time with everything and that's just practicing presence and it right. calms your your mind state down exactly. Kind of like the Buddhists, saying. right? Like they do like everything has to be perfect, right? They learn how to do specific things a certain way every step. So every it, step and that just aligns your brain. Yeah, and, and practice. I wouldn't use the word perfect, right? Uh, because then I think we think a very stringent. Okay. Right? It's a it, yeah. It's it's a philosophy and it's a flow. Okay. Uh, and a, and a rhythm on how they actually conduct themselves, and we're all connected in a way. So we're all affecting. So even the energy that I'm feeling and the emotion will also affect those around you. So it's not so much that it's perfect. It's more of where's the balance, and where's the flow. And that sounds good to me. You guys heard it here first. I think instead of that Nike slogan, let's go by the AGA and not the slogan, just breathe. Uh, but man, I'm good, man. Unless there's some of us you guys want to talk about, about your children or anything like that or folks. So you sound, feel pretty good about it? Yeah. No, we good. Absolutely. We good. That's, yeah. I'm fine. Let's yeah. sequel them out tomorrow. Thank you, Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks Thank for you, letting me be on here. I appreciate it. Hopefully I can come back. For it was a great fun, man. You taught us some I'd, lessons. I'd go, I'd go further, but I'm going to Disneyland tomorrow, man. I got to... <laughs> I got to make sure I don't have bags under my eyes. For making <laughs> You're good. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Undeniable Perception. Thank you, brother from the same mother. Thank you, AJ. Number 17, we're done. Peace. Peace.